Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I was praising so hard, I'm, lo- I'm losing my voice already, so. Acts chapter 2, 46 through 47. And please forgive me, because I think I got a runny nose, too, now. I got, yeah, I got tissue. Thank you, sweetheart. Acts 2, 47 through, 46 through 47. Bible reads this. Is it okay that we read through the Bible, you guys? Amen. Just want to let you know this is a Bible-believing church. We love the Word of God. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple... And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Amen. Listen, you guys, I'm very excited today about sharing this word with you. Estoy emocionado de competir este mensaje hoy. Because today signifies a new season in the growth of TBCF. Porque hoy significa una nueva temporada de crecimiento para TBCF. Now, as we prepare for the next level of growth... We must prepare ourselves, debamos prepararnos for what's next, para lo que viene. What is going on right now will not sustain us in this next season. Certain behaviors, habits, and processes must evolve. And this requires for us to change. Not with just leaders, no solo con los líderes but also for every member of God's church here at TBCF. Pero con todos los miembros de TBCF. So let me ask you guys. Tengo una pregunta para ti. Has God been faithful to you? That is an opportunity for you to give God some praise. Am I talking to dead people here Can somebody give God some glory? I got to give God some. He has been faithful to you throughout this last year. He's been faithful to you up until now. So sometimes somebody got to give him some praise in here. Come on. Dios ha sido bueno contigo. He has been faithful. Dios ha sido tan fiel 
Él ha sido tan fiel a nosotros como iglesia. He's been faithful to us here at church. Over the years, we've, we've corporately and individually experienced, listen, we've experienced many disappointments, many letdowns, many mistakes, and, many, and, and, and so much unfaithfulness. But through it all, pero a pesar de todo, God has been faithful. Come on, somebody. Just because you've been disappointed in your life doesn't mean you can't give God some praise. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says this, Faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. God is so faithful. Now, how many people in here want to mature as Christians? I'm sure we all want to uh, be uh, uh, mature as Christians, but we got to be careful. We need to see what the Bible's definition of being a Christian is. Not our own definition, but we need to see what, what a Christian really means and what a Christian is. We need to know what a, to be a Christian is, and, and being a Christian means Christ-like. In thought and in behavior. Now, in our thought, the word tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. So that does, you know what that means? If we're going to be like Christ, we need to be like, minded like Christ. Not what you think. And also, it says you want to be, uh, also be Christian when you have Christian behavior. Jesus said, or, or Paul said this, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. So many people right now are walking around leaderless and don't realize that they're like, well, I don't need a pastor. I'm, I, I got this. But, but you know what? Who are you going to behave like? There's a reason for discipleship. But people think that, oh, you know, well, I don't need a pastor. I can be discipled just by reading the word. No, we have to make sure that our behavior is in line with what Christ is. And sometimes we are the ones that help people show them to Christ. Amen. So just, just in case you guys didn't know that Jesus was a servant. So that means that we need to be just like Jesus. Can I get an amen? Now, I know that there are different levels of discipleship. And even Apostle Paul alludes to this phenomenon in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. And he says this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Now, some of us here, don't get me wrong, there's people here that are, are babes in Christ. They, maybe they just got saved um, not too long ago, and, and, but, but we have to grow into that. Hebrews 5 and 13 says, for everyone who partakes only, somebody say only, only, only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. I expect people when they first get saved that they only know the milk of the word. But it's kind of weird to look at somebody that's been in, the wor in their word for 15 years and all they know is for so, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You guys with me? Exactly. Jesus wept. That's all they know. If I was only, to feed, only able to feed my grandson with baby food, 
when he gets 15, I still give him baby food. He is not going to grow up strong. He's not going to grow up healthy. And guess what? His stature might come, go loud. But when you give him more and more meat of the word, he'll grow thereby. The Apostle Peter also points to this truth in 1 Peter 2 and 2. He says, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Peter is saying this. You're a baby now, but at some point you need to grow. I'm glad a couple of people understand that. Because I've, 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 told, I've told people this before. You know, people say, yes, I'm growing, but right now everybody wants to grow. But there's some things on us that grow, but we don't like certain growth. It's the first of the year, and you guys know that everybody always comes up and says, you know, it's the first of the year, and I'm going to make sure that I lose weight. Because I grew a lot last year. And I ain't talking about spiritually. Somebody say growth. 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 Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold fast to our confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We said it earlier, God is faithful. But guess what? This is what uh, Paul said. He said, hold on to your confession. Hold on to your confession. Saints of God, a lot of us are confessing to be Christians but you haven't hold on, held on to your confession. You're professing Christians, but uh, your confessions are false. But God said he is faithful to see. He, to, to, he started a good work, work in us, and he is faithful and just to see it be done in our lives. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to say a few things here, and, I'm gonna, and I'll get on my soapbox, and I'll get back to this word. Somebody say seed. Seed, seed, seed. We're talking about seed. You know, you know that there's seed. Now, if, if we look, there's a parable in Luke chapter 8 that talks about the seed. And where Jesus was talking about, let me help you guys out with the parable. The seed is the word of God. You guys with me? See, God has placed the seed, and he's put it on the earth. And guess what? God has placed a demand on that seed. That's why the word not to believe in Isaiah, it says, uh, 55, it says that God says he has put out his word and he sends it out to where it's supposed to go and he will watch after his word to make sure that that word is performed. He has placed a demand on the seed. But guess what, saints? Guess what? God has given a demand on us as soil. We are soil, but God says, I've given you the seed, and that seed's supposed to be implanted in the soil. God started talking about the rocks that were on the ground. God started talking about the birds and the crows that take away the seed. I hope you guys are catching me with this. God has placed a demand on a seed. The seed is perfect. God watches after the word to perform it, but there, something has to be done with that seed. That seed can't just be sprinkled on the ground. Now, let's think about this. When we start thinking about farmers, we think about Jesus Christ, who is the husbandman of the field. Because he talks about, he says, there are many labors, but the, the harvest is many, but the laborers are few. So it's, it's his garden. 
And in his garden, I just need you guys to understand that when you, you think about in, in, a, in your mind about a gardener, a gardener or a farmer, when he looks at his land, he, he places seed into the ground. Sometimes seed gets sprinkled in certain, certain places, and he says that the birds will come and take that seed. But if we take the seed, the demand is on the seed, it's placed in the soil, then something has to grow. I want you guys to just follow me with this just real quick, real quick. Do you guys know what a scarecrow is? What does a scarecrow do? They scare birds. But I need you to understand something that you guys probably never really understood is, do you ever notice that anytime you see a scarecrow, he's placed up on a stick and he looks scary because he's all mangled and crazy and he hangs. Y'all never, never notice that. Can, can I preach to somebody real quick? Because God sent his word forth, his seed, and he put that seed into the ground and he placed inside the garden, he placed the tree of life. The tree of life was in the garden before the cross was. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, he was the fruit. He placed a scarecrow to scare away the birds to keep from the birds from eating the seed. So here he is, the man, the scarecrow, looking scary and tattered and mangled and and you call it a scary but i believe the cross was a scary sight to anybody that saw jesus bloody and beaten with his beard torn out and he was clothed not clothed and naked it was a terrible sight but when when the scarecrow when jesus was there guess what he was saying look i put forth my seed because i demanded i commanded there's a demand on that seed. So us being the ground, we're sitting there in the ground. We take that word and, and, and Jesus started talk, talking about that whole parable with the seed. But God placed a demand on the ground. Some of us in here right now, we sit down and we hear the word every day. Why, isn't it the, why is it the fact that that seed hasn't taken root? I, I, I can't, I, maybe it escapes me, but I know that the scripture says that Judah plows. I believe that's in Hosea. But Judah plows. Judah is praise. I got to sit down here and try to get you guys to give God praise. Maybe it's because the seed of God hasn't entered in your heart. You figure out, and I'm, I'm just trying to help you. I, no condemnation here, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to preach until I sweat. But I'm going to let you guys know something. Maybe because your hardened heart is keeping the seed from entering into your body, into, your, into the soil. Then we sit back and we, we let the birds, sometimes we let the birds just because you're not letting that seed get into your heart, then all of a sudden here come the crows. And they're going to come by and eat the seed. But if you just would have had that scarecrow, I mean Jesus Christ in your garden. Maybe because you need to learn how to give God some praise so that Judah can come and plow the fallow grounds of your heart. I'm also trying to help you because, you know, you, you, sometimes God will come and prepare the ground. 
You just come to church and you're just like, man, I'm just here just because I'm here. God, you're going to hear preaching. You're going to hear the word because God's sending the word. He's sending the word and the word comes and it heals you. But because there's stony ground, because you've been hardened by life, you've been hardened by situations, you've been hardened by all kinds of things in your life. God goes by and picks each stone up and gets it out of your life. And then he comes by and with praise, he begins to plow up the hard ground. And then sometimes you guys understand that you, we've been needing rain in California. I don't know how long, but there is some soil right now that's been so ground up, so dry that the, you can't even receive the water. But we could sit back and go, you know what? I'm so dry right now, God. Rain upon me. Let the water of the word begin to come into my heart. He is the, the rivers of, of living water. <sighs> gets that soil all moistened. Then the nutrients gets to be able to start in there. Then, then you get to take that seed and plant it in you. That's what God's showing us right now. He's showing us. Listen, you guys. All this stuff that I'm giving you right now with scripture, I don't have all time to, to give you all the scripture, but God is showing us right now during this time for anything to grow in our hearts, anything to grow in our lives, we must take the word, receive the word, and let that seed that's planted in us begin to grow. It's not a pastor's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not what your mom or your daddy did to you or your uncle did to you. The word, God says, I have watched after my word to perform it. It will not come back to me void. It's up to us to receive the word. So I digress. Luke 14, 25 and 34. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and he said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, Wife and children, brother and sister, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me can't be my disciple. For which of you intending, I need you guys to listen to this very, very carefully. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him oh i want to stop and start preaching right here no i'm a christian i go to church three months three months later Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple." This altar call right now. Because some of us in here, we love everything else 
but Jesus. We say we love him. And I believe that there's some kind of love, some adoration, but we have more love for our children, our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our jobs. We have more love for them than we do for Christ. But faithful is he who calls you and he will also bring it to pass. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you. for. I'm going to go there. He who hates. Or he who loves his mother, brother, sister. You, you, you remember the, the whole thing, what it says. If you hate anything else more than Jesus. Did it say what I say? If you love more than anything else then you love Jesus, then you hate Jesus. There is no black and white. I mean, it is just black and white. It's, it's either or. You guys with me? What I'm trying to tell you is, you know, when it comes down to serving people, you got to love Jesus more. And when you begin to find out how much you love Jesus, then you can learn how to love your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, and everybody else. But we put our family first and then put Jesus next. When it comes to church, and I'm not just talking about the building, there are people in the church that say they love Jesus so much, but if you really love Jesus, then he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That you love one another. <sighs> that you will love one another. How do you guys know that you love somebody? How can you tell that somebody, you, somebody loves somebody else? You spend time with them. You take care of them. You minister. How do I minister to God? How do I love on God? By ministering to his people. Then why can't we be faithful? God is faithful. Is Jesus faithful? I asked you at the beginning of the service, and we got up and we praised. Hallelujah! God is faithful. At some point in your life, you're going to have to give God something at least a little bit what you've been asking him for we're always asking jesus christ for something but at one at, at some time we got to sit down and go god how about if i just give back to you because you've been so faithful to us then why can't i be faithful to you and people say well i am faithful to, to jesus i'll know you by the love, or the, as Jesus said, you'll know them by their love for one another. When you fake on people, when you don't show up, let that sink in for a second. Listen, God has given us a vision and it's slowly and methodically happening here at TBCF. Here we grow. Now, as a side note, the growth of the church depends upon our personal growth. You guys with me? The growth of the church depends upon our personal growth. And when I refer to uh, growth, I'm talking about and I'm speaking of moving from a child to an adult, from a fan to a follower, from a spectator to a player, from a believer to a disciple. 
There's a difference. From a baby to an adult. From a fan to a follower, to a spectator to a player, from a believer to a disciple. First Corinthians says this, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. If we want to put away childish behavior, we have to know what child behavior is. Come on, somebody. There's people in here right now. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Look at me. Stay focused. But you know people in here right now, they do some childish things and they are grown. Paul says this. Number one, he said, I spoke as a child. This means always having excuses for unfavorable, unfavorable behavior. I'm, I'm trying to help you out so you can understand what childish is. God told us to be childlike, not childish. Paul said, I spoke as a child. Do you guys realize that kids always have excuses for what they can't do or don't do? Why don't you get your homework done? Well, uh, you know, the teacher told me that I could, but, you know, and, and I was late and it, excuses. Paul goes on to say, I understood as a child. Children don't understand the importance and severity of their decisions. That's what's going on in, in, in society today. People don't understand the importance and severity of their decisions. People will do whatever they want, just like a child. They get upset. They get mad. They'll go out and do stuff. They steal. Kids, look, if you got cookies on the counter and a kid takes a cookie and eats it, that's childish. You expect a child to do that. But if a child doesn't realize that they're going to go, you tell them, look, don't. Listen, listen, honey, don't put your hand on the stove. Matter of fact, Kai and I told Judah when he was really young, we had a fireplace and we kept telling him, Listen, son, stop. Don't put your hand on there. You're going to burn yourself. But he made a decision, just like most children do, and he walked up to the thing. because We sat there and watched him. He walked right up to it and he went, Psst. he was like, ah, hot mommy, hot mommy. And when he, he got burnt. Now, mind you, he never did it again. He's going to learn today. <laughs> but kids understand things as, a ch as children. They don't understand the, the severity of their actions. They don't understand when they do stuff without thinking about it because they're immature. And why? Why you ask that? Because they only think about themselves. We're talking to Christians, right? Am I talking to Christians in here today? Yeah. We got Christians in here? Yes, we are supposed to be selfless. But most of the time, we're, we're, we're trying to get for ourselves. That's why where the old gospel of, of prosperity comes in, because it's all about God bless me, bless me, bless me. It's childish. 
Paul goes on and says, I thought as a child. Children's underlying motive is self. Yes, they are nice to you. They say sweet things to you. But once they are done with the sweet talk, they're going to ask you for something. My niece, my niece is here, my little niece. And she looks at me and she, when she talks to me, she's like, she's like, I love you. She'll kiss me. I love you. I love you. She's so sweet. She wants me to hold her. Then she goes, eat. Her motive. You guys with me on this? Her motive was to eat, but she wanted to butter me up to get something from me. Childish. There are people, Christians, grown people that are supposed to be mature Christians. The only reason they want, they, they want to be around you is to get something from you. They'll say what they want to say. They know that what, what you want to hear, and then they'll say it to you so that they can get something from you. And that even goes for your anointing. So how do we put away childish things? He said, I didn't become an adult until I put away childish things. If we want to be Christians, if we want to be Christian adults or what we call disciples, if we want to achieve, per, achieve personal growth, if we want to see the church achieve corporate growth, we must be dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful. Do I need to say that again? Dedicated committed, reliable, and faithful. Now, I know that these words right here are synonymous, but they need to be used in specific areas of our personal growth. Remember, I said the church will only grow corporately if we grow personally. First thing we must know is be dedicated, dedicated. Make up your mind to be a part of a growth group. Thank you. Make up your mind to be a part of growth group. Don't just be a Sunday Christian. We have growth groups so that we can grow together. The first scripture I read in Acts chapter 4, it says that they continue daily in the temple, which is the church, and at their homes. We do life together here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Why? Because here we grow. Luke 14 and 26 says this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, his father, his wife, his children, brother, and sister, yes, his own life also cannot be my disciples. What does that mean? You, yeah, you're, you got to deny yourself. Listen, we, we have growth groups so that we can grow together. We grow together as we're together, as we're growing closer to Christ. If anyone comes to me, that means you made a decision. If you made a decision for Christ, then you have to hate everything else and love Jesus Christ. The next thing you got to do is be committed. That's playing whatever role is needed. Can I say that again? Did I say that? committed. I'm committed to God's church. I'm committed to God's people. I'm committed. I'm committed 
I'm committed. You guys with me? You know what commitment means? That means you're stuck. I, I, I hate to use that word, but I'm committed to my wife. Too thick and through thin. For better or for worse. To death do us part. I am committed to her. And my commitment shows by showing up. I'm so glad they took the soapbox off this altar because I'm about to go there. Colossians 3 and 23 says, and what, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Why in a church, why do people not show up when they've said yes? I'll just do, I'll, I'll do a gaze across the whole sanctuary because I'm talking to everybody. We have departments at this church. We have, we have people that we schedule. Listen, I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't beg you. You came and you said you were going to commit. You said, yes, I'm going to be here. And then the day that we need you, nobody shows. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. I do understand. I do understand. I, I, I mean, I got, lots of, I got lots of reasons not to be up here today. If you guys don't know, so you guys probably already know, I am almost on the list for a heart transplant. I have uh, idiopathic dilated cardiomyopathy. Clinically, I have been diagnosed for a few mental issues, heart failure. My niece, who is our worship leader, she has some medical issues, but she's here. There are people that are here today that have said, you know what? Hell or high water, I will be at the house of the Lord. Why? Because his mercies are renewed every morning. I'm sorry. I, told, I said years ago, when the Lord gave me, gave me this spot, this position to, for his church, I said, God, I found out that I'm sick. I'm going to be here. And I said, there's two things that I ask, Lord, and it's this, that if I die, I don't want to die in the bed. I would rather die at your altar or preaching the gospel. Because I'm committed. And God expects that of all of us. Look, your commitment level is your commitment level, but your yes is your yes. Let your yeas be yeas, your noes be noes. Just learn how to say yes and stick to it. The Bible talks about a friend that you can't depend upon a friend that's, uh, what is it? With a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. You can't depend upon people like that. It's quiet in here right now. And it's okay because I want you to understand, God's church needs to grow up. And we have made places and things for us to grow thereby. Here we grow. Now, as a shameless plug, growth groups is the next, the next season of growth group is about to happen. You need to be in one. And, and I'll just be honest, 
it's really healthy because you develop relationships and friendships with people. You hear other people's views. You see what, how you grow with people together. We just don't come and we're like, oh, there's scripture. No, we love on each other. Especially during these times, things that are going around in, in society today. You, you may need your growth group to help you out when you're sick. When someone, a loved one dies. When you move. When you're depressed. I can't always be there, but guess what? Your growth group can. Next one is be reliable. Reliable to do what has been asked of you the, the best way you can. Luke 14 and 28, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? <laughs> oh, I actually had the scripture in here. Confidence in an unfaithful man in, in the time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. You ever had a toothache? Anybody? Whew. Twisted ankle? Bad back. We're just asking you to do what needs to be done. Not just here in the building. There, are, Yes, there are ministries here. Yes, people, you know, and traditionally there you have ushers and you have the children's workers and you have the worship team. Traditionally, they do have those plots, these, these places, but things that are, un, that, that are not traditional goes on in houses. You still serve people. You open up your house to allow people in your house so that they could be ministered to, so that you could pray for one another, that you could lay hands on one another, that the Spirit of God that will give us the gifts by the Spirit, they shall flow in our homes, in our houses, not just here in church that you run. Yes, I know the Scripture says that if you have any sick among you, bring the elders upon them, lay hands upon them, that they might be healed. Yes, that it does apply in the church but also applies in our homes and into the streets we are the church next is faithful sticking with your commitment all the way through somebody say all the way all the way second timothy says this i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith have you been faithful to what you said yes to? We just need you guys to show up to a growth group. We need you to show up to church. We need you to, so that, listen, I'm not just for what's going on at the building, but it's, it's, imper it's, it's imperative. imperative. It's imperative for your growth, your growth, so that when you grow, the church grows. And when the church grows, the community is, is, is growing also. That's when revival is going to happen here in Susun. When you become all four of these things, you will fulfill the commandments of Jesus Christ. Mark 12, and, uh, 29 through 31 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these all your heart means is con todo tu corazón it means be dedicated with all your soul con todo tu alma committed um, it, it says with all your mind reliable 
with all your strength. Y con todo tu fuerza, faithful, fiel. We, can, we can't fulfill the second commandment until we feel the first commandment. We can't fulfill the second commandment until we fulfill the first commandment. In order to fulfill the first commandment, we must become dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful. Now, as we bring this message to the close, God is looking throughout the earth for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen to this. God is looking. God is looking for true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Watch this, though. If you're looking for God, you know where you're going to find him? While you're worshiping. Because he's going through the, the, the sanctuaries. He's going through the homes. He's going through the streets. And he's looking for people that will worship him and in spirit and truth. Because guess what? God's looking. And he's like, can I find one in the earth? Not just the ones who will raise their hands, but those who will put their hands to the gospel plow. Because your personal growth determines the growth of the church and the growth of the church. I'm tired of doing church. I'm tired of doing church the way we, we've done it before. We got to grow together because our personal growth is going to grow the church. And when the church grows then guess what? Then people will get, give their life to Jesus Christ. The city depends upon us. We are a lighthouse. God is faithful. And if we call ourselves Christians, that means Christ-like. And to be Christ-like, we need to be faithful just like Jesus is faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to what God has asked us to do, to be dedicated, committed, reliable, and faithful. God is looking for these type of worshipers. So today, I want to give all of us the opportunity to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. Because here we grow. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to give anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're in a place right now that, let's just be honest, you know Jesus, you've known him before, but you say, you know what, I want to rededicate. I want to be committed to recommit my life back to Christ. Today is the day. Not just being your first time, but sometimes we go, you know what, I need to renew my vows. And I say this because when I got married to my wife, I went before the altar. 
to say that I was committed to her. So likewise, the altar is the place that we make commitments to Christ. So if you're here today and this is, and this is you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand right now. I'm just going to ask you if it's you that it's your first time giving your life to Christ or it's the next time you just want to uh, rededicate your, your vows to Christ, I'm going to ask you, please come to the altars. We want to pray with you. We want to get you linked up. We want to get you hooked up with a growth group. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That's worth giving God some praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. Don't be ashamed to come up. Jesus bore all that shame on the cross. And some people in here right now, it just for you, your confession, yeah, Jesus will meet you in the, in the seat. I understand that. But there's a place that God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you here today at the altar. It's at the altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You guys pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this, these, this, men, this man and these women right here, Lord, standing at your altar. Lord, I thank you that the fire that is on this altar shall be transferred into their hearts. I thank you right now, Father God, for the rededication of their lives. Lord, I thank you even right now, Lord, that you are strengthening their heart, strengthening their relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you will make their crooked path straight. Lord, that they already said that I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, we thank you that you will continue to place your words into our hearts and that your spirit, your spirit shall flood us Enable, enable us, Lord, to, to discern your word and your will for our lives right now. Lord, I even pray right now for wisdom, supernatural wisdom that is only given by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that right now. Lord, I also right now say that in your word, Lord, that you have bore the shame. There is no longer shame. But we will use what we went through as a testimony. For we have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So that we have overcome the shame and the guilt. And we thank you right now that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. So today we mark a new day that we are new. We are not thinking about things that are behind us. But are pressing forward to the higher calling of Christ Jesus. So we thank you for that. We give you honor and glory, power and majesty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You guys give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.